In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us this evening. Tonight, I have the pleasure of doing Part B with one of my favorite guests. And the reason is, is because she and I can bounce around on this subject and cover just about anything. And the last time she was my guest at the beginning of November, we only got through half of the things that we had intended to. So again, this evening, my guest is Dr. Diana Wiley, who is a Seattle-based sex therapist. And Diana, I'm assuming that you're on with me. Oh, of course. Eager to be here. And yes, we had some unfinished business from last month. And um, so we were going to try to cover the last five questions and maybe even more. And I agree. You and I can talk about most anything having to do with relationships and sexuality, and particularly the latter. Particularly. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you've been... Uh, one of my frequent and favorite guests, too, on my radio show, Love, Lust, and Laughter. So we like doing media work, don't we, Lou, because it's such a great way to get out good, solid information. You know, I, I concur with you, Diane. I was at the LASA luncheon this morning, the Los Angeles Sexuality Association, the, yeah. the monthly meeting. And yes, I miss those. I miss those. Yeah, I know. and I mean, they're, they're so great to just be able to have... Once a week, sit down with, you know, pardon me, once a month with people that, because we do so much of our stuff by ourselves that, you know, it's always lovely to be able to have someone to bounce ideas off of. And one of the things that struck me today is how much we really want to make sure people get the accurate information. Um, Hernando Chavez, who has been a guest. Know him well, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. who has been a guest on my show and who is the incoming um, president for the Society for Scientific Study of Sexuality Western Region, was and saying... good. Mm-hmm. He's going to be fabulous. He was saying that he's on a radio show that is, you know, Hispanic and English, so, you know, he sort of goes in between both because he's bilingual. But he was saying that because the show is sponsored by McDonald's, he can't use terms like 
penis, vagina, ejaculation, semen. But he can oh use... That's no, limiting. Exactly, exactly. But he can use terms like, you know, you know when you shoot your milk, um, you know, in, in, in Spanish. He can use, you know, things that aren't the exact, you know, medical, physiological term. And I, we're like, you're kidding. In this day and age... But yeah, it said, is surprising. Now, whereas on your radio show and on mine, which are both, I, I think yours is Internet-based. Yes, it is. Yeah, and so is mine. So, I mean, we can we don't have to say fellatio. We can say blowjob. If we wish to, but it, interestingly enough, he said if he uses more medical terms with this, yeah. this station, they they don't want him to, to say them. I'm like, uh-huh. Please, yeah. I mean, uh, the importance of being, you know, the educator is to be able to use the terms that are the accurate terms. Hello. Thank the you. The accurate terms. But uh, there is also something, and I found this with um, in my private practice now, uh, doing this work uh, about 30 years, is that some of my clients are more comfortable with a colloquial term. I will always start out using the Latin fellatio or cunnilingus, and then I may move, depending upon their response to the more colloquial, mm-hmm. uh, going down on blowjob, as we've already said, that sort of thing. Right. So it depends on the, the... But I think it's good not only for the therapist or the educator, in your case, to model good sexual communication, but also comfort with the words, the vocabulary, and to start out with the proper terminology and then maybe occasionally use the the colloquial words if necessary. Right. Well, what I will ask people is, for example, the I will I will ask specifically which term are you most comfortable with? Mhm. Um in the same way That's a good thing, yeah. Right. In the same way if I'm working with someone who is in a gay relationship or in an, you know, what we would, might refer to as an, you know, an alternative lifestyle or mm-hmm. I want to make sure if they want to have someone be referred to as their wife or their husband or their partner, please just guide me because I, I want to make sure you're comfortable. Well, that's, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And make, and, and make sure it's smooth. Now, one of the things when we were getting ourselves organized this morning, we yes. were talking about what are some of the things that you think might be different or might be the same for someone who is going back into the dating world. Let's say, you know, they've gone through the end of a relationship or, you know, someone has you know, died or someone, things have ended. What are the best ways that they can prepare themselves emotionally and mentally to go back out there? And do you have people, do you have women coming oh, in for that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because as we probably talked about uh, the last time I was with you is that um, I'm also a gerontologist. So I've been studying aging for a number of years and had, uh, going back to the mid-90s, a couple of studies that I did with an MD uh, published in medical journals on aging and sexuality. So 
I get to now call myself a gerontologist. So I've <laughs> always been interested in aging and sexuality. And now that I'm an older person myself, and finally after 10 years in the last year, I've because that was when I was widowed about 10 years ago, just personally having the best sex of my life. So that's really nice. So I'm interested in aging and sexuality clinically and personally as I'm living it out. Not Mm -hmm. bragging a little, but, and we won't go into my personal life, but (laughs) what I will say is that it is a wonderful thing if you can age and remain sexual. Yeah, and Diana, didn't you have that in your family? Yeah, good memory. Yeah, Lou and I have known each other a long time, um, probably 10, 11 years now. Mm -hmm. Well, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And yes, um, I have it in my family, and I had it in my family. My mother's mother was sexual until she was close to 90, and she died at 96. And my mother's still sexual, and she's almost 90. So, yes, I have women in my family who are sort of inspirational. But let's go to uh, online dating, because increasingly uh, people over 50 are finding this is a great way to meet people. But but there are some cautionary kinds of tales. And, um, and I think your question was, how do you do it sanely and safely and uh, so that you can also be sexually satisfied? We both, speaking of sexual satisfaction, we both attended the famous sociologist's uh, lecture, Pepper Schwartz's lecture at a conference yes. last April in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, she reported some statistics uh, that um, it, 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 uh, having to do with sexuality, women over 40 are less satisfied, and that's not true for men, except for men over 70. And, um, and that in terms of online dating or any kind of dating, only one in five is a condom, which is uh, not yeah, such yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you remember that? Yes. And then she said, overall, only one-fifth of women are extremely satisfied and only 5% of men after 70. So she concluded that, of course, sex is important. Uh, The frequency of sex is important. um, And the duration and age matter to health and so on. But that... And, of course, statistics can be dry, and and we're going to fill in some of the details, but half of the group were not enjoying sex. And uh, and then the women have an additional problem in particular because less than 10% of their doctors ask a question about sexuality. Well, and you and I both know part of that issue is that the physicians themselves are trained to be experts, and they don't get any training in the area of sexual function. That's right. And we might later, after we go through some of these questions, uh, talk about the UCLA program, which you've been involved with, Mm -hmm. which is an exception to that. Um, Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, to online dating, I I really think it's very important, uh, whether you're a man or a woman, but I'm targeting this a little bit more at women, um, to be a consumer because you really need to examine the product. And, and so understand, we, and, and we have probably 45 seconds until our first break. So, oh, okay. 
this is kind of like getting, you know, is it, is it caveat emptor, buyer beware, or is it be a savvy consumer? Or both? Well, I think it's some of both, yeah. So, so um, yeah, mutual interviewing works. So we'll come <laughs> back to that and, uh, and some and, other and, kinds uh, of tips. Right. I would love to get, when we come back, what you would recommend are the best mutual interviewing questions. Oh, I, I'm happy to do that, you know. I just love to do that. I mean, I had a lot of experience personally as I kissed about 50 frogs through my <laughs> seven years of online dating. I know about this firsthand. I got to exactly. tell you. Exactly. Here come my tunes. Please stay with us. My guest is Dr. Dow okay. Wiley. And we'll come back with mutual interviewing tips. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live. Every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Was sad because right. he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No, nope. the wants never struggled to communicate. Y'all wave your hands. Look who's on. It's the code of man Keith that he's number one. It's that Keith Wine Show on Togginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, that Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wine and the show, go to his website, KeithWannWann.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap. Don't miss that Keith Wan show Wednesday nights at eight seven central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health, so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. 
Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest on Part B with Diana Wiley is Dr. Diana Wiley. And before the break, we were discussing being as an online dating over, let's say, over 40, over 50. It's important that you're a consumer. And she said that she has some mutual interviewing questions that, you know, two or three that are really a good way to get you, you know, to guide you. And here's the thing. And Diana, I don't. You may or may not agree with this. When people are dealing with a, a, a question that they might not be overly comfortable asking face to face with someone, practice doing it in the mirror to yourself. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yes, rehearse it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and and literally, when you do that, <clears throat> you are creating a greater ease in your voice. Mm-hmm. You're creating a download of different neurons, and your brain becomes more comfortable. Henceforth, your voice, your voice is more relaxed, your breathing is more relaxed, and you feel you basically move yourself into a more confident position because mm-hmm. that's where you want to be. Yes, uh, that's that's essential, and uh, particularly if a person is a more introverted. Um, mm-hmm more shy and has a little trouble with, or, you know, dating is a little more challenging. So rehearsing this sort of thing, including small talk, and rehearsing small talk in the mirror can be good. Picking an interesting current topic out of a magazine or uh, the newspaper and just rehearsing a little bit about that for an opening gambit. Mm Mm-hmm. Or describe your favorite dish. Yes, uh, that's a wonderful one, and uh, uh, and, and I then, just and, was, you know, which can lead to who made who made it the best. Um, oh, and then you get to hear maybe something about uh, the family of origin, which you mm-hmm. do want to know about. Right, maybe or, not on the first date, but. Um, but let's so say you're... Huge... Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, so I uh, mutual interviewing. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can ask questions about work, values, mm-hmm. and if I'm talking to a woman, stay open for his questions. Um, <laughs> and this, I think, could be a better second-day question, but it's you can learn a lot from it. And it is, what did he learn from each failed long-term relationship? What did he learn? You know, I've always said that uh, the ending of a relationship is not necessarily a failure if you learned something from it. And yes, keep your eyes open, learn and improve, learn and improve. Well, as we both know, Each time you finish a book, if you enjoyed the book, chances are you'll pick up another book. And Sure. And even by the same author. (laughs) Exactly. And if anyone has any questions, you know, I, my oversight here, um, if anyone's listening live, you can call in for either myself, Lou Padgett, or for Dr. Diana Wiley at 877-864-4869, repeating, 877-864-4869. Now, when you ask, let's say, Diana, let's role play here. Um, Mm -hmm. 
let's say I'm saying, okay, what, what's the best thing that you got out of your last relationship? The best thing instead of a, a lesson learned mm-hmm. uh, that was negative. Oh, so I think that's a, a very good question to ask. So you want me to role play it? Sure. So, yeah. So um, the best thing I got out of my last relationship was to really affirm in my mind that to be with somebody who is good-natured and cheerful makes all the difference. Because I'm that way, too. And you absolutely really, are, yeah. Yes, and it's really hard to be with somebody who's uh, cycling, cycling mood swings, you know, up and down and up and down, and oh, my goodness, what's happening next? That's <laughs> very difficult. The eggshells. <laughs> yeah, so, so having somebody, you know, and another thing I discovered through personal experience and just observing lots of clients through the years is that as we get older, we may be better off with someone who's more like us than unlike us. In the very beginning, when we're younger and maybe married in our 20s or early 30s, we may be more attracted on an unconscious level to somebody who's better developed in areas that we're not so well developed in. And so the extrovert could, for instance, marry the introvert. And for a time, they could be quite complimentary. And then after a while, they drive each other crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when I, you know, if, if I was going to answer what did, what's the best thing I learned from my last relationship? Yeah, what would that be, Lou? I, I mean, if I, you know, period, hands down, I don't have to do what others think I should. Oh, yeah, so I can be myself. Correct. I mean, rather than mm-hmm. this is the, because not being raised Catholic or Jewish, I don't have any guilt. <laughs> None. Ah, good thing. I mean, <laughs> guilt just erodes at everything. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. But I was raised within um, more of a Victorian British style um, uh-huh. family. Uh-huh. So if something was inappropriate, oh, my God, that would stop me on a dime. Sure. And that's why you like to wear pearls when you teach your, <laughs> <laughs> your sex class. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do look so—you do look so elegant, and and uh, and, and you know, I, we know each other. We both like to dress up and look uh, stylish, and if, so that that helps as we talk about sexuality. I think. Oh, any time, you know. And let's just say that you know. Let's say someone is going back into the you know being around people. You know, you may have you know. Let your body not, you know, take care of your body. I remember one man, and I think I've used this expression on your show, and he said, I can absolutely not go back out onto the dating market um, until I get myself back to the gym. He said, I look like a piece of bruised fruit. Burned fruit? Bruised. (laughs) Oh, bruised. (laughs) Bruised fruit. He said, no one's going to select me. And oh, I see. Oh, how, how. Well, that's, uh, I guess, which is true. for him an appropriate metaphor, yeah. Right. And here's the thing. You do have to, people, I mean, it's only seconds from when people 
are, you know, know what you're like. But here's the other thing, Diana, and I think we would both say this. Please do not make up who you are. If, oh, yeah. I mean, eventually. That's right. Eventually that hidden agenda is going to jump out and go, boom, right in the middle of the living room. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's also what you want in a pr- prospective partner is somebody who can accept you. And so you need to be your authentic self. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to do some remedial work perhaps before you do jump in, whether it's getting your body in shape mm-hmm. or, or your, um, your mental, uh, your psychological self in better shape because water kind of seeks its own level. So you're more likely to attract a well-balanced person if you yourself are well-balanced. That's why you do see, and I see them in my practice, one neurotic hooked up with another neurotic. (laughs) That they're magnetic for one another. Well, yeah, and they often come out of very dysfunctional families of origin. And the rather scatological metaphor here is, the room may smell like shit, but they're familiar with the smell. Oh, you know, and... So they're familiar with it, and this kind of dysfunction, whatever it is. The unpleasant known is better than the unknown. Yeah, so that's why I think if you really want a good relationship, and I have clients working on this, um, you, do, you do want to kind of fix yourself as much as you can first, and be aware when you go out of red flags, red flags, and so that you can maybe get yourself away from this person before you get too involved with this person. I I concur. I I refer to that as the the getting you ready. The getting you ready. I like that, yeah. Yeah, and because really, here's, you know, here's the deal. You want to be with someone who wants to be with you, but... The important thing is the more, the happier you are, the more content you are with you, the more you're likely to pull that in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, it's a kind of an energy. You know, um, it's what, it, what, what is it? And ask a close friend, what am I giving off? What am I, mm-hmm. what am I exuding? If you exude desperate, whether you're male or female, that's really unattractive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and yet, sometimes it's hard not to feel lonely because that's the case. But if, as long as you know you're making your best efforts, that's yeah. what counts. Yeah. And the, 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 you become a magnet for what it is you, know, you are giving off. Now, we probably have 30 seconds until our halfway break. And right. my guest this evening is Dr. Diana Wiley. And what we'd like to cover, Diana, and I think we went over this, that we're going to cover a class, finish some of the questions that we had previously discussed, yes. and discuss the class at UCLA that um, I've done presentations in with Dr. Berta Davis and Dr. Dr. Walter Brackelman. Because... Mm-hmm. That is such a unique class for MDs, for residents, for therapists that is just simply so rare and so, so needed. And we'll, we'll give you all the ideas that we share in that. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after this break.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Evermore. People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Diana Wiley, and before the break, we were discussing some of the questions from Part A in the beginning of November that we were going to cover and go over and just touch quickly on this class at UCLA that I am part of and... uh, The important thing about this class is that it is a full semester and it is something that covers such a broad range of the area of sexuality, sexual function, sexual health, diversity, every possible thing, so that when when residents, psychiatric residents, when MDs go out, when therapists go back out, they have an understanding and a comfort level with these things. And, Diana, if we could put that into each university, I, I would just be high-fiving myself all the way, you know, around the block. Well, well, UCLA is really ahead of its time to do this because they didn't even start teaching sex, um, sexuality 
in medical schools until about 1967, and I think the first medical school was in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so doctors do need to have more uh, education, and that's why, as we said before the last break, so many kind of avoid the subject or they worry that, oh, if they get into the woman's depression over her lack of sexual desire, they'll go over the 10 minutes they have with a woman and she'll start to cry, and then he'll just give her an antidepressant, which will further her low libido. Um, so it's just a mess. It's a mess. I and agree. So, yeah. And so this is very good that UCLA is doing this. And you're teaching, and our our friend and colleague, Berta Davis, is teaching. And uh, so that these new minted doctors may be doing much better with their patients who have questions about sexuality. Well, the most important thing that I know for physicians is that as they're trained as a professional, they want to know that they can give and give good, accurate referrals, and if they don't have the information, they go to the default system, which is their own awareness of things, and the last thing they're going to talk about is their own sex life as a referral point. And so oh, then, no, and they can't do that because their, their own sex lives often just are awful. Exactly. <laughs> they're working all the time, and they don't have enough information. And, Thank you. And I mean, and think how many, I mean, just historically, how many... MDs divorce their first wives and help put them through medical school and get remarried. You know, there are a lot of those. Um, and, you know, the important thing is with people who have jobs that have a lot of pressure and a lot of time away from things, you have got to pay attention to your relationship because if you don't, someone or something else will, period. So that's very true. So I recently spoke to Evergreen Hospital mm-hmm. Um and it was sexual wellness, a uh, multifaceted issue. And I spoke to OBGYNs and urologists and, and some PTs, physical therapists who specialized in uh, pelvic floor. Right. And so one of the slides that I gave was psychosexual red flags for further assessment. Okay. And, and one is lifelong or acquired situational symptoms. Unresolved history of sexual abuse or trauma, mm-hmm. psychiatric history, depression and or stress, relationship conflicts, partner dysfunction. Uh, for a woman, often, you know, a big problem is partner dysfunction. She can't be truly present and letting go and having a good time in her own sex life if she's worried about her partner's premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. Plus, she may take more responsibility than she needs to Mm -hmm. uh, in that kind of situation. Um, Medical factors with strong psychosexual components, another slide I presented, menopause, pregnancy, pregnancy, STIs, hysterectomy, breast cancer, chronic medical conditions, age, depression, infertility. I mean, you know, we could lecture forever on any of these. But these are medical factors with psychosexual components, and they all impact the sexual function complaint. Oh, there's no question. My guest last week uh, was um, Gretchen Kubaki, 
And she she specializes in chronic sexual health issues because she herself uh, is Mm -hmm. deals with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, yeah. And and that impact. And she said, you know, we have so many people that do have the health issues. Now, when we were, if if I can like bring us back to the questions that we still haven't answered yet. Uh huh. Yeah. Good. (laughs) So well, you, one of them, yeah, one of them was, um, are there things that you see uh, that surprises women about men that you tell them and, or that I share with them? And uh, of course, with internet porn going on for at least ten or eleven years, you know, full blown, and there's lots more masturbation. But if a woman's going to be shut down about her sexuality because of perimenopause and and menopause and it's a very very real thing so the guy needs to do something if he's not going to go outside of the marriage and many don't want to and it's often complicated they will resort to masturbation and add on porn mm-hmm. um so uh, but I'll, I'll say about masturbation because watching it with porn is sort of um an add-on, but um, masturbation is a pleasure, it's physical movement, it's stress reduction, and um, it often offers health benefits. And erections are good for erections. If a man is aging, he needs to have, if he doesn't have a partner, uh, for whatever reason, he needs to have that blood flow and the nitric oxide in his penis and masturbation can do that. And there was a survey of older men and women, and it found that two-thirds of the men and half of the women in their 50s masturbate at various times. Mm-hmm. And and among men and women 70 and over, a third or more continued to masturbate. Um, so, again, masturbation enables the person to keep their sexual organs functioning. And healthy. Um, and healthy. Right. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. When I, I just, I, I think, you know, I was, I'm on the um, leadership council for the first endowed chair in human sexuality at University of Minnesota. Uh-huh. And, and actually, if I'm not mistaken, the gentleman who in 1967 was the founder for the medical school was one of the members of our, one of the first members of our leadership council. But I received a gift and we got the funding for the Joycelyn Elders Chair in Sexual Health Education. And Joycelyn Elders, Dr. Elders, was the, is the former Surgeon General of the United States. And Poor Bill Clinton had to fire her. Yes, he was told he had to fire her, and he basically brought her to Washington. And people mm-hmm. said she came to Washington to get a job. As Dr. Elders goes, she goes, I didn't go to Washington to get a job. I already had a job. Uh-huh, right. But this is her comment on masturbation. Yes. It won't go hair on your palms. It won't make you go blind. It won't make you crazy, and it never got anybody pregnant. And you know That's you're having right. sex with someone you love. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and, and it's, one of the, it's one of something that baby boys do in utero, even before they're born. And girls. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. A, there's an MRI of, of a girl uh, at about seven months, and she's rhythmically, this is shown in utero, 
She is stroking her clitoris in a rhythmic way, and then the breathing increases like she's having an orgasm. Well, I'd love That's to quite see remarkable. that. Well, <clears throat> it, it, it was reported in the... I'll send you the link for it. I mean, I don't okay. have a link, but it was reported in the Sexual Journal of, I think, 1999, so it's a little bit old, but uh, it was seen by a number of doctors, and then they wrote it up and reported it in the Sexual Journal. So, hmm. do, uh, I mean, little boy fetuses are probably stroking their penises more than little girls are stroking their clitorises, but anyway... Um, that's just to talk, speak to the naturalness of it. The naturalness of it, yeah. And uh, then the other thing that I that surprises some women is that uh, starting in adolescence, hormones in males uh, seem to account for just about everything. And I love this about Lu, um, Luann Brizantine's book. Mm. Um, the female brain? The male brain. Oh, the male brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is such, this is fascinating stuff. She says, if testosterone were beer, she estimates the nine-year-old boy would get the equivalent of about a cup a day. By the time he turns 15, he's getting two gallons, setting in motion feelings of defiance, dominance, lust, invincibility, recklessness, and detachment. So... She points out that teenage boys are not feigning boredom just to be cool. They are bored. They are bored because the adolescence may, this teen brain, male brain, well, the pleasure center is practically numb to anything that is, is not cranked to the max. So victory and sex. Deliver a rush and and, and all addictive. of the and the dominance and the win win win. Now we probably have thirty seconds until our next break. Okay. My guest this afternoon, this evening, is Dr. Diana Wiley. And when we come back, we will continue with the questions we did not finish with. And the book that she just mentioned is The Male Brain, and that is by Dr. Luann Brizendine, B-R-I-Z-E-N-D-I-N-E. She also has one, The Female Brain. They're fabulous. So, Diana. They really are. When we come back, we're going to talk about the changes culturally that are happening that we see for both women and men across all ages right now. Thank you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. 
Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan. Sherwood MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Diana Wiley. We're on Part B, from Part A being the November 9th, 2011 show. And just before we were at the break, we were discussing the female brain, male brain, and that discussion through uh, Luann Brzezendine, MD's books. And, Diana, we had also spoken of the changes and the, the current trends as you have seen them, you know, in, you know, current trends in sexual health therapy? Yes. Um, well, we were talking about that and, and um, how it's, you know, multifaceted. But a cultural trend, I mean, the Jen, you sent me to Jen.com. Jen, what was it? JenConnect.com. Yeah, that's it, genconnect.com, and that was pretty interesting and um, where a lot of women are having trouble finding a man who essentially is more equal to them. So she may end up being the breadwinner, mm-hmm. and these poor men are left adrift. Uh, I wanted to talk about some of the, but maybe you could talk about that a little bit more. I wanted to talk about since generalizing about cultural trends is tricky, mm. uh, but but everywhere there are signs that sex has lost its sort of vision of freedom. Um, okay, let's do, let's 
let, let's talk about that then. What do you think, how do you think women are identifying what, what part sex is in their lives now? Well, I, you know, I have a daughter who really um, values her monogamy with her husband, and mm-hmm. they have um, one child, a year and a half, who's my grandson. grandson. One, <laughs> yep, and one on the way. Mm-hmm. But um, the watchword of my generation was freedom, and I feel like that of my daughter's generation, and I know her Georgetown University friends because they, they this Georgetown gang has just stayed so close, and I see them, and I've been to some of their reunions. Um, their watchword seems to be control. And maybe it's a predictable swing of the pendulum, or, or who knows, maybe it's a new passion for order and a never more chaotic world, or maybe it's a little of both. But, you know, a lot of us idealized, well, I don't want to say us, but open marriage. And for our daughters, they're back to idealizing monogamy. And um, is it that yeah. their parents divorced and I won't do that? Could be, absolutely. And um, um, I think that's often true. And and there's a little bit of a backlash too. I remember when my daughter was in high school and I was uh, at the time doing a fair number of nationally televised. Tell, uh, TV syndicated shows, and, and including Joan Rivers a couple of times. And my daughter was just humiliated that I was going on national television talking about sex. And one time was with Howard Stern on Joan Rivers. I mean, <laughs> just too much. I mean, she's overcome a lot of that. But, um, you know, is, is, we have to ask, is, is sex less sweet when it is not forbidden? Sex itself may not be dead, but it seems sexual passion is on life support in some areas. And, of course, the Internet obliges us by offering simulated sex without intimacy, Mm -hmm. without identity, and without fear of infection. Well, yeah. That I would agree with. Now, describe for me when you say their watchword is monogamy. Mm-hmm. How does that behavior different from the watchword of freedom in yours? Well, because they get into a relationship and and they are going to be monogamous no matter what. And, of course, um, when we had more sexual freedom, we might not have uh, yielded to that uh, and been so fervent about it, we, we might have said, well, we still have choices. Mm-hmm. We still have choices. We still have freedom. There might be something better out there. Ha-ha. <laughs> oh, my God. I live in Los Angeles, the land of always looking for the bigger, better deal. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's exactly right. And um, um, so it's, um, you know, I think that the, the lure of the Internet sex, porn, is gives us um, 
gives not us many, you know, a, a lack of involvement. Um, yeah. And, and the ease of access to it. Let me also see if you are seeing this same trend. Mm-hmm. A number of couples in their late 20s and 30s, mid-30s, um, and, you know, going and single as well, going up to 40, who are choosing to be childless. Oh, yes. And choosing to really not, not, not be necessarily in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have been in relationships, you know, it you know, might be nice to have one, but they're... What I've often seen is the thing that is a drive for many relationships is the mm-hmm. drive to create family. Mm-hmm. Yes. And without that, there has been, an, and that Jen Connect, that um, Hannah um, Rosen, I hope I'm saying uh-huh. her surname correctly. Yeah. When she was making the statement, and I see it, that when the women are making the majority of the money, there mm-hmm. is a different dynamic that is occurring. And you and I just before we came back on said, well, we would not be interested in being with someone who, you know, the woman making, you know, money and, you know, substantial money would be an issue because we Mm -hmm. then wouldn't be in relationships. Mm -hmm. Because we want a a confident man no matter what. And, And if he has a powerful, confident woman on his arm, Usually the man who is confident likes that. And Thank you. usually that that woman will be a much more fascinating bed partner because she can say what she wants. She can say what she desires. She's more likely to be uninhibited. She's more likely to feel fine about her body, even if it has some imperfections, but she knows her body is unique and she knows her body can respond. Mm-hmm. And so all of that works together. Now, and, and when we say, when you say that, you know, the other trends that might be occurring mm-hmm. in sexual mm-hmm. health therapy, mm-hmm. what about the, you know, we all, we're going to have a limited time here. What about the impact when people come in and they're on different medications? Because I'm seeing a lot of that. Of course. And so that, for me, that requires that as a sex therapist, I collaborate with their doctor Mm-hmm. Over their naturopath, right, and 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 we need to get permission to to speak, and either that's verbal permission or better yet, signed permission uh-huh. to talk because these are complicated issues, and so since sexual wellness is a multifaceted issue, um, it often requires the MD or the ND, the naturopath. The sex therapist, the nutritionist, the perhaps the yoga instructor, uh, mm-hmm. the physical therapist. You know, it's with the sexual complaint in the middle of all of that. Um, so the the patient is much more likely to get really good care. So we need to talk about the interaction of medications, and of course, most of the SSRIs, uh, the Prozacs, the Zoloft, the antidepressants. Well, and can you tell people what? Right. What SSRI stands for? It stands for serotonin receptor... uh, Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors? 
Thank you very much, Jim. That's it. So the SSRIs, so that impacts the libido. Mm-hmm. It may help with depression, but it impacts the libido. And so maybe then I work together with a physician and um, to find out maybe there's something that a person can do naturally to lower depression, like exercise more. Go and, for a walk. Uh, sleep better. Yeah, go for a walk. Um, and, of course, ironically, having more sex will often help with depression. Mm-hmm. And so we we need to, you know, look at all of that. And, uh, right. And, and well, Bruton often is a better antidepressant um, choice. And, because, but there's because, so many other things. High blood pressure medication can affect men's erections. Right. Um, and, and women's ability to reach orgasm. Right. Now, one of the things we also, I think, have to let women and men both know that they have created a template for arousal and sexual function that is really very male, physiologically based. So when we look at the work that has been done, gracious, I'm drawing a blank, uh, UBC, and she did the work and looking and saying that for the majority of women, their desire factor doesn't click in until they're doing something. Was that um, Melton, Cindy Melton? No, no, no. Um, shoot, it starts with a B. Oh, well, well. anyways, we have uh, one minute. Well, anyway, I know what you mean, but that's so true. And because... so people need to know, get, it, get doing something, and then you're going to be more in the mood. Yeah, and so a lot of times I'll give clients homework where just do it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's Rose, Rosemary Basson. Oh, there thank you. Yes, that's it. That's Rosemary exactly Basson. right. And she's out of Canada. Right. She's at University of British Columbia. Now, we yeah. have probably another 20 seconds until the end of the show. My guest Uh-oh. this evening has been Dr. Diana Wiley. Diana, please, you have 10 seconds. Give them your contact information, and it will also be up on my site. Oh, thank you. Well, go to my website, which has the contact information, drdianawiley.com. And uh, it'll be on your website, so that's enough. Exactly. Diana, again, thank you so much, my dear. As always, a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome, Lou. It is always a pleasure. We have so much fun. And remember, if you're you're not doing it right, if you're not having fun. Exactly. <laughs> Big hug, my You must be doing something right, Lou. <laughs> and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. 